0: Cue Review, Print Speaking to the Blind, celebrating 40 years of audio newspaper production. Welcome to this week's edition of the Kirkentill Herald Podcast, recorded at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre by our amazing volunteers. You can get in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram using at Cuen Review. That is at symbol C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. You can also contact us directly by emailing information at cunereview.com, that is I N F O R M A T I O N at symbol C U E A N D R E V I E W dot com, or by calling O one four one seven seven two three nine seven six, that's O one four one seven seven two three nine seven six.
1: This week's podcast, date Wednesday the 28th of February 2024, is read to you by volunteers Alan, Corey, Hunter, Ian, Philip and Rebecca. Kirky is best place to live. Kirkintilloch has been crowned Scotland's best place to live 2024. The title was given to the country's canal capital by Garrington Property Finders, the UK's largest independent buying agents. The annual league table ranked Scotland's best cities, towns and villages according to four main criteria. Natural beauty, well-being, employment and connectivity plus value for money. And Kirk came out on top, much to the delight of Provost Gillian Rennick. She told the Herald, I am delighted that Kirkintilloch has been named as the best place to live in Scotland 2024. It was wonderful to see that Mulgai and Bishop Briggs also appeared in the list top 20. It is independent evidence that Eastern Bartonshire is a wonderful place to live, work and enjoy recreational activities. Kirkintilloch took the top slot in the comprehensive ranking of more than 160 communities across the country, with his study highlighting the town's history, stunning countryside and vibrant town centre. Famous for its canals, Kirkintilloch dates back 2,000 years to Roman times, fringed by rolling hills and straddling the 4th and Clyde Canal. And it was this that helped it score highly in three of the four categories, natural beauty, well-being and value for money. Gwona Mackay MSP was also delighted to hear the news, so much so that she honoured the town by putting forward a special motion at Holyrood this week. To celebrate the, <coughs> to celebrate the success and, com- and commend residents for their pride in their area. She added, "I am delighted that Kirkintilloch has been recognised in this way. It truly is a wonderful place to live, and my constituents should be very proud of their area. As well as the town's vibrant history dating back to Roman times, the town has beautiful canal walks and stunning countryside with the Campsie Fells on our doorstep." The popularity of the area is evident, particularly during the annual Canal Festival, which draws thousands of people to our marina to enjoy the festivities and take advantage of the town's fantastic cafes, shops, and museums. As well as its stunning countryside and canal placing it high in the natural beauty category, the study described Carcantillac as the perfect blend of country living and easy access to the city. Its success in the study was helped by its clean air quality to secure a high ranking in the well-being category and the competitiveness of the price of an average home in the area compared to the regional average that comes in at £276,000. Second place went to Blurgowrie and Rattray in Perthshire and third place in the league table went to Creith, also Perthshire. Provost Renwick added, Having three areas in the top 20 for Scotland, is excellent news and a real vote of confidence in what we are doing as a local authority but no one is resting on their laurels. We will continue to work hard to ensure Eastern Bartonshire remains a great place to live and visit. This week in history, February ninth, 1956, Pakistan became an Islamic republic. On this day in 2020, during the early days of the pandemic, Government said a dad's army of former health professionals could be brought out of retirement under emergency plans being considered to help combat coronavirus. March the 1st, 1810, composer Frederick Chopin was born near Warsaw, Poland. On this day last year, scientists revealed fossils of the oldest known potential pollinators had been discovered in a Russian village, dating back 280 million years. March the 2nd, 1930 Novelist D.H. Lawrence died in France. On this day last year A portrait by Pablo Picasso of his daughter Maya sold for more than £80 million at auction. March the 3rd, 1982 The Barbican Art Centre in London was opened. On this day last year Nine rare cream-coloured K-8 public phone boxes were given heritage protection by the government. March 4th, 1941, British forces, assisted by local Norwegians, raided the German-occupied Lofoten Islands, destroying 11 ships. On this day last year, the sacred oil that would later be used to anoint King Charles III at his coronation was consecrated at the Christian holy site in Jerusalem. And that was This Week in History, read by me, Ian.
2: Investing in the impact of forestry. Scottish Forestry is investing £2 million towards timber transport projects across Scotland. The funding will help decarbonise the forestry sector and reduce the impacts of timber lorries on communities and the environment. As part of the Timber Transport Boost, Scottish Forestry has confirmed continued funding of £1.2 million towards Timberlink, other road improvements, the three-year electric lorry trial, and Timber Transport Forum project officers. Around £800,000 of funding is to kickstart bids for new projects from local authorities and landowners, who have until 21st March 2024 to submit their plans. Announcing the Strategic Timber Transport Fund support, Rural Affairs Secretary Mary Goggin said, providing support to the forestry sector to help get its timber to market in a sustainable way is an important investment for the longer term. We are focusing the funding towards projects that contribute towards net zero by promoting a model, a model shift in tra- timber transport, while also ensuring rural communities and other road users benefit at the same time. With funding for new project proposals now open, I would encourage local authorities and woodland owners to work up their plans and apply before the deadline. The call for new proposals is to support preparatory work and smaller scale strategic projects. Preparatory work may involve surveys or working up detailed plans to enable future bids. Smaller scale projects could include decarbonisation work, sharing good practice or new research to help the sector deliver timber safely. Welcoming the funding Neil Stoddart of Creole Maritime Maritime Limited, who is managing the three year electric lorry trial, said, The net zero EV HGV demonstrator project has successfully proven both the abilities and also highlighted their challenges associated with transitioning to alternative fuels in the forestry sector. To date, the two trial vehicles are performing well and after some teething problems with charging infrastructure have now settled into robust work patterns delivering goods and information for the project. For more on the Scottish for, for more info, go to the Scottish Forestry website. Read by Alan Todd,
3: application to build new dog boarding premises as recorded by Hunter MacDonald. A new dog boarding and daycare centre could open in neighbouring Bear's Den if a planning application is successful. Eastern Martinshire Council will assess a planning application from dog care business Lola's Country Cup concerning Cochnow Town Farm on Cochneau Road East. The firm proposes new kennels and a daycare centre for dogs. Documents provided with the application explain that the applicant believes the farm is ideal for this type of business as it is centrally located but secluded and local demand for these services is high due to many people getting dogs during the pandemic but now returning to their normal routines. The applicant also describes several improvements which will be made for the rundown farm, such as specially designed fields for pet owners to rent. An indoor exercise area for dogs is also planned. The business plan states that there are no dog day care centres within five miles where the closest kennels have waiting lists, While they also have potential customers waiting to use their facilities as soon as they open. Prices stated in the business plan would be £25 per day for daycare, £35 per night for boarding and field rental at £7 for 30 minutes. For further information on this application or to leave a comment, Visit the Council's website and search for planning reference tp forward slash ed forward slash 24 forward slash 0076.
2: Council tax to be frozen for 2024-25. Council tax in Eastern Bartonshire will be frozen in the coming year after a special meeting of Eastern Bartonshire Council to set the 2024-25 rates and the rates of relief comes despite petty political games from the Liberal Democrats, according to the SNP. The SNP Council group moved to freeze council tax amidst the cost of living crisis, saying household incomes have become stagnated as the cost of goods has spiralled. However, Liberal Democrat councillors, including parliamentary candidate Susan Murray, walked out of the meeting prior to a vote. Commenting after the meeting, SNP Council leader Gordon Lowe said the freeze would helped to support hard-pressed local families. He added, the main opposition group chose this moment to indulge in a childish stunt by staging a walkout. Not only did the Lib Dems fail to back the freeze, but they couldn't even be bothered to put up an alternative when there was every opportunity to submit an amendment in advance or at the meeting. They didn't even have the courage of their convictions to vote against. Instead, the best they could think of was to walk out of the meeting, walk away from the responsibilities and, and lose any pretense of being a serious political party. MP for Eastern Bartonshire, Amy Callahan, said the Lib Dems had spectacularly misjudged the situation. She added, instead of throwing their toys out of the pram, they could have constructively worked with the SNP to implement a council tax freeze at a crucial time when household bills have never been higher. Once again, the SNP were the grown-ups in the room, delivering real, meaningful change for households here. It is clear that at the next general election, only a vote for the SNP is a vote for an MP who listens and will act with the best interests of people right across Eastern Bartonshire. Eastern Bartonshire Council say the cost of delivering services in the area is approximately £322 million, with current predictions suggesting a funding gap for 2024-25 of about £20 million. This means they need to find ways to make savings or to increase income. The budget for the year ahead will be confirmed in the coming days.
4: Housing rents rise. Eastern Bartonshire Council agreed its housing revenue and capital budget for the year ahead at its budget meeting last week. The Housing Services Expenditure Budget for 2325 is estimated at £18.395 million and the projected requirement from its rents is £17.7 million. A rent increase of 4.8% was agreed, increasing the average weekly rent based on a 52-week period from 86 pounds 07 to £90.20. A 4.8 increase for lock-up and garage site rents was also approved. Council leader Gordon Lowe said We aim to ensure that rents for our tenants remain affordable and combat the ongoing effects of of cost-of-living crisis. In setting out our approach to rents, we have prioritised providing stability during a time when, at its worst, inflation reached over 10%. Through consultation with our tenants, we recognise the desire to set rents as low as possible. Our proposed rent increase of 4.8% is below the almost 6.5% average increase across our benchmark peer group. Against an ever challenging economic backdrop, this housing budget is positive news. The agreed housing capital budget for 2024 25 is £21.176 million, which includes Investing just over £6 million to improve the quality and energy efficiency of existing council houses to meet quality and environmental standards. Investing over £3 million to support the completion of the pre-construction phase for the development of both social rented and shared equity housing. Just under £3.5 million allocated to the purchase of new homes using turnkey arrangements from developers. £4 million allocated for the purchase of properties from the open market. Over £1.3 million for essential works, including the rewiring of housing stocks and to treat dampness and mould in existing properties. Councillor Lowe added, Our capital programme reflects our commitment to improve our current housing stock and achieve our climate priorities. We are expanding our housing stock to develop new build affordable housing and investing to help improve energy efficiency standards. This programme looks to the future and offers a firm foundation for that. Read by Rebecca
3: Council Tax Scheme Helps Out over 5,000 Eastern Barcher households were supported by the Council Tax Reduction Scheme in December. The scheme introduced in 2013 by the SNP has saved Scottish households over £3.5 billion in the past decade, with the average home seeing £800 come off their bills per year. Across Scotland, one in five households, over 460000 received Council Tax Reduction Support including 5,290 here in Eastern Bartonshire. Commenting Rona Mackay MSP said, Supporting people through the cost of living crisis is the SNP government's top priority, and these figures show this scheme is helping people here. In the face of economic incompetence from Westminster, the SNP is delivering the support people need to get through the cost of living crisis and protect household budgets. We are committed to Scotland's values of equality, opportunity and community. The Scottish Government's social contract with the people of Scotland is stronger than ever.
2: Local firefighters are top of the pile. Bishop Briggs Fire Station has come out on top in the Firefighters Charity January Bag It and Bank It Recycling Challenge. That's after they collected an incredible 3,280 kilograms, 3.2 tonnes, Of unwanted clothing in its on-site clothing bank. This went towards a record-breaking national total of £101,524. Thanks to a whopping 487 tonnes of clothes being dropped off at the charity's clothing banks outside 997 fire stations stations, and in community recycling sites across the UK, this nationwide effort not only helped to re- divert unwanted clothing away from landfill but all the funds raised will go directly towards helping the charity support thousands of fire service personnel every year so they can be at their best both physically and mentally. Canberran Fire Station in South Wales took first place in the championship overall this year for the whole of the UK having collected 4,460 kilograms 4.4 tons of clothing. You can see the top 20 stations by visiting Firefighters Charity website. Kevin Biles from the charity said, I've been overwhelmed by the support we've received this year for our Bag It and Bank it campaign from both our fire service community and members of the public. This total is a result of all your hard work and the funds raised will make such a difference. I'd also like to say a massive thank you to all our recycling partners who work so hard to make this campaign a success every year. We wouldn't achieve these results without you. To find out more about recycling your clothing in aid of the Firefighters Charity, please head to the Firefighters Charity website. With the Firefighters Charity relying almost entirely on donations to fund its vital work, none of the support it offers individuals in the fire services community would be possible without the generosity of its supporters. You can do your bit to support them by donating at the Firefighters Charity.
3: Generous Donation Waterside Miners Charitable Society has just taken delivery of new office equipment thanks to funding from Eastern Berkshire Council's Community Grant Scheme. That saw the group take receipt of two laptops, a printer, antivirus software, USB drives and paper. The new equipment has immediately been put to good use as the team is busy applying for funding first to demolish the derelict Waterside Miners Club at Old Duntybley Road, G66 3LG, and then to build a new state-of-the-art Waterside community hub in its place. WMCS aims to raise around £2 million for the project and to complete the new hub within the next three years. Any donations, large or small, to the JustGiving page at justgiving.com forward slash campaign forward slash waterside
1: dash hub would be most welcome. Learning a language. What's your goal for 2024? Are you hoping to be fluent in French, great at Gaelic or smashing at Swedish? Whatever language you fancy learning, your first move should be to check out your local library. EDLC libraries across the area are now offering transparent language online for libraries a complete language learning system with courses and lessons is designed to build listening, speaking, reading and writing skills. It is free, flexible, convenient and offers more than 100 languages from Afrikaans to Zulu with everything in between, including Ukrainian. Learners can explore a new language in the comfort of their own home, at the library or on the go. This online service works on virtually any computer or mobile device through a web browser or mobile app, so anyone can use it. Councillor Jim Gibbons, chairman of Eastern Bartonshire Leisure and Culture Trust, said This new resource offers so much to so many people within our communities. It will help people for whom English is not their first language, and support anyone who would like to broaden their skill set to include a new language. It is an online resource which enables learners to go at their own speed, and it is free. What better time to have a go at learning something new? This is a reminder that libraries are not just about books. Our staff can help in so many other ways and this is just one of them. Using their library card, EDLC library members will have unlimited access to more than 110 languages, including English, for speakers of over 30 languages. Transparent Language Online for Libraries is packed with pronunciation practice, speech analysis grammar, writing activities and vocabulary building activities. For more information on how to access this service, visit the edlc.co.uk slash libraries slash your hyphen digital hyphen library slash online hyphen services or ask staff in your local EDLC library. Not a library member? Join online or in branch. A fashion show with a point.
3: Climate and sustainability groups from across Scotland staged a fashion show of upcycled outfits outside the Scottish Parliament last week. That was in an attempt to call on MSPs to support the circular economy bill that's being debated soon. Models took to the catwalk in outfits including a dress made of bike inner tubes to highlight that 65% of our clothing is made from fossil fuel based plastic, a cape made from plastic bottles collected from beach litter and an electric cable headdress to highlight the impacts of mining for metals and lack of repair opportunities for electronic waste in Scotland. The new law could change the way we use materials, driving action to reduce the amount we take from nature by keeping materials in use for as long as possible. The group sought to remind MSPs that to create a circular economy, everyone in Scotland needs access to repair and reuse services, as well as high-quality recycling services. Campaigners say systematic change is needed. Trussell Trust
1: Report End the need for food banks. The Trussell Trust has published new research revealing the devastating consequences of the inadequacy of universal credit in Scotland. The charity is urging the First Minister to prioritise support for people on the lowest incomes by continuing to deliver their plan cash first towards ending the need for food banks in Scotland. This would see the Scottish child payment increasing to £40 a week and funding boosted for the Scottish Welfare Fund. Research conducted by YouGov on behalf of the Trussell Trust revealed that 35,900 people claiming Universal Credit in Scotland have been forced to use a food bank in the last month. Half ran out of food in the last month and couldn't afford more. In the last three months, 20% of people claiming Universal Credit in Scotland were also unable to cook hot food as they couldn't afford to use the oven or other utilities. The survey found that 241,000 people claiming universal credit in Scotland have either fallen behind on bills or credit commitments or are finding a constant struggle to keep up with them. Two in five are behind on one or more household bill. As Trussell Trust said, it further demonstrated the need for stronger, lasting support for people on the lowest incomes. In addition to calling for immediate action from the First Minister, It is calling on the UK government to introduce an essentials guarantee, so that the basic rate of universal credit is always enough to cover life's essentials. Polly Jones, the Trussell Trust Head of Scotland said, This research reveals the stark truth about poverty in Scotland. With over half of Universal Credit's claimants unable to afford enough food, and some not even being able to afford to cook food, the First Minister cannot let this continue. The Scottish Government must prioritise tackling poverty and hardship in our communities by continuing to work to their plan towards ending the need for food banks, increasing the Scottish Child Payment to £40 a week and boosting funding for the Scottish Welfare Fund. We also need to see the UK Government introduce an Essentials Guarantee to ensure that people on the lowest incomes can afford the essentials such as food, heating, clothing and hygiene products. We want to see a Scotland where no one needs to access charitable food aid. We need urgent action now to increase people's incomes and ensure everyone has enough money to afford the essentials. Every member of the Scottish Parliament has a responsibility to deliver the positive changes needed to tackle hardship and poverty and to achieve the ambition we all share of a Scotland where no one needs to use a food bank. To join the trust in calling for a stronger social security system, sign the petition that www.action.trusselltrust.org guarantee hyphen hour hyphen essentials hyphen petition Banking on an app. Bank the Food, a small charity helping food banks get essential supplies, has partnered with the Trussell Trust to ensure that food banks get the items they need the most the partnership will make it easier for people to find out the best items to donate to their local food bank. A free charity-run app, it enables users to connect with local food banks and receive a notification of the most needed items every time they run low. Emma Reeve, Trussell Trust CEO, said The app will ensure every item donated will make a real difference to people facing hardship in our local communities. To find out more, visit www.
2: reform is needed to address nhs service pressures the scottish government needs to develop a clear national strategy for health and social care to address pressures on services stephen boyle auditor general for scotland said significant changes are needed to ensure the financial sustainability of scotland's health service Audit Scotland said a clear vision is required to move from recovery to reform within the health service, with significant service transformation necessary to ensure the future sustainability of the NHS. The watchdog warned that operational performance and workforce capacity challenges are having a direct impact on patient safety and experience. The report stated, The NHS in Scotland is still struggling to provide healthcare in a timely way. Most waiting time standards are not being met. Only three out of eight key waiting time standards have been met at a national level in any quarter in the last five years. Growing demand, operational challenges and increasing costs have added to the financial pressures. Stephen Boyle, Auditor General for Scotland said, without change, there is a risk Scotland's NHS will take up an ever-growing chunk of the Scottish budget and that means less money for other vital public services. The Scottish Government needs to lead on the development of a clear national strategy. It should include investment in measures to address the cause of ill health, reducing long-term demand, and put patients at the centre of future services. Dr Ian Kennedy, chairman of the British Medical Association Scotland, said the report was staggeringly bleak and painted a picture of a health service in crisis. He said... The report confirms the NHS in Scotland is simply unable to meet the growing demand for health services of our population. The service is not financially sustainable and NHS boards face a black hole in excess of £0.5 billion by 2025-26. If this report isn't an urgent call to action, then it's hard to imagine what might be. Health Secretary Neil Gray said the recommendations will be considered. He added... We are already taking forward a range of immediate and longer-term reform and i'll set out my vision for further reform in the coming weeks
3: beware of scammers with the self-assessment tax deadline behind us hm revenue and customs is warning people to be wary of bogus tax refund offers fraudsters could set their sights on self-assessment customers with more than £11.5 submitting a tax return by January 31st. HMRC responded to 207,800 referrals from the public of suspicious contact in the past year to January, up 14% from the 181,873 reported for the previous 12 months. More than 79,000 of those referrals offered bogus tax rebates. Kelly Patterson, HMRC's Chief Security Officer, said Criminals try to trick people with fake offers of tax rebates by email, phone or text that mimic government messages. HMRC will not email, text or phone a customer to tell them they are due a refund. Forward suspicious emails to phishing at hmrc.gov.uk Report scam phone calls at gov.uk and forward suspicious text to 60599.
1: Small Talk May Set Scots on Journey to Recovery Samaritans has joined forces with Network Rail, British Transport Police and the wider rail industry to remind the public that Small Talk can be life-saving. The charity Small Talk Save Lives campaign was launched as new findings released by Samaritans revealed that nearly half of adults are Avoid engaging with someone they don't know to avoid small talk. More than one in five of people surveyed, 22%, were also worried they would say the wrong thing when engaging with someone. Small talk saves lives and empowers the public to trust their instincts and start a conversation if they think someone needs help in stations or other public settings. The campaign reassures the public that huttles small talk like, do you know where I can grab a cuppa? can be all it takes to interrupt someone's suicidal thoughts and could help set them on their journey to recovery. According to the charity, while people might worry that they might will say the wrong thing, saying something is better than saying nothing. Julie Bentley, Samaritan's CEO, said, Every day there are people who are in distress and need support. Our Small Talk Saves Lives campaign empowers people to trust their instincts and have the confidence to act in a way that could save a life. The campaign launched on Thursday with Samaritans visiting Glasgow Central, Haymarket, Inverness, Aberdeen, Dumfries, Lockerbie, Kirkcaldy and Stirling stations for small talk events. They were joined by Scotland's railway staff speaking to passengers about the campaign, highlighting the importance of talking and providing myth-busting leaflets to ease concerns. Over the next few weeks, Samaritans volunteers will also be hosting engagement events at local stations across the network and in communities, speaking to people about the importance of small talk. Liam Sumter, Network Rail Scotland Route Director, said, We all have the skills to help someone in distress. The Small Talk Saves Lives campaign has shown us this, and we are incredibly proud to be supporting this hugely important campaign. Our relationship with Samaritans and British Transport Police. We'll continue to help educate people that small talk can be life-saving. Bessie Matthews knows how powerful small talk can be. While working as a train guard, she spotted someone in need of help. She said, "Just that one little bit of positive small talk can go so far." They caught my eye because it was a lot of flitting around, looking around, looking at their phone. Deep down, you have all that got all that adrenaline going, and you're thinking, "What should I say?" I had found something about what they were wearing and it was a case of just going over and saying, oh my goodness, I absolutely love what you're wearing, where have you got that from? It was just a short, sharp answer of I don't know, that's when you can edge your way in to say, are you okay? If you don't feel comfortable intervening, tell a member of rail staff or text British Transport Police in 61016. For more tips, visit samaritans.org slash small talk saves lives. You can contact the Samaritans for free anytime from any phone on 116 123. It won't show on your bill.
2: Forestry Team's advice on the way to stay safe. Forestry and land Scotland, FLS, is urging walkers on the West Highland Way and the Rob Roy Way to observe all safety signage and follow on-site instruction. The warning comes as harvesting work begins at key locations in Garadban Forest, just north of Dryman. Road users and cyclists using National Cycle Route 7 are also being advised that traffic management is in place that might result in short but unavoidable delays. FLS is also emphasising that the safety buffer zones around worksites might appear excessive to bystanders but are necessarily large to protect members of the public. Ignoring signage and trespassing into work zones could result in life-changing injuries or worse. James Kyle, FLS harvesting forester said, It's imperative that visitors don't risk their personal safety by taking chances. Many of the big risks on any harvesting site are pretty clear, such as large, noisy harvester that can fell and delim a 30-metre tree in less than a minute. However, some risks are less obvious. A tree being grappled by a machine can knock over adjacent unstable trees and, with all the other noises going on, you might not hear a tree falling nearer you. Anyone within two tree lengths of active operations could potentially be involved in a serious incident. We have taken steps to minimise the disruption for visitors and all signage in in place is there for their own safety. Please follow the diversions and obey instructions even if it appears that there is no work taking place when you are there. Visitors can check our website destination pages before they leave home to get the latest updates on works affecting our forests. A further danger includes the risk of chain shot, where links from snapped harvesters or chainsaws can fly off in random directions as far as 200 metres with the force and equivalent impact of a bullet. Traffic management has been in place since February 19th, with trail diversions since February 13th. Harvesting is expected to be completed by the end of March. The Land Reform Scotland Act 2003 ensures visitors have a right of responsible access but also requires that land managers provide the least restrictive access. Working in tandem, these requirements help to set the conditions for safe access. However, if visitors ignore safety signage, they are being irresponsible for their own safety and of people who work in the forest. Every year, FLS aims to deliver around 3 million cubic metres of timber to market, so that processors and manufacturers can transform this locally grown material into a range of products for domestic and industrial use. Harvesting is the final stage in a 40-year forestry cycle and FLS's harvesting teams work 2% of the land it manages every year. FLS manages forests and land owned by Scottish ministers in a way that supports and enables economically sustainable forestry, conserves and enhances the environment, delivers benefits for people in nature and supports ministers in their stewardship of Scotland's national forests
1: and land. Let's talk. The Kirk and and Bishop Bags Herald letter page date Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. Please send your letters via email to Kirkherald at jnscotland.co.uk and write letters in the subject field Please keep letters to a maximum of 300 words. Letters cannot be published without a name and postal address. Also include a daytime phone number if possible. We reserve the right to edit any letter. Mere words and small ships won't safeguard Falklands. Sir, there are still elements in the Tory party who regard the Royal Navy as a global power and, when aircraft carry out HMS Queen Elizabeth with destroyers and frigates, entered the South China Sea in the summer of 2021. This was depicted as such. Often when the MOD talks of her naval presence, it actually means a river-class offshore patrol vessel, an OPV. Its main armament is a 30mm cannon at the bow and machine guns. They have a crew of 30. For seven years, that is how we have defended the Falkland Islands, with little HMS Fourth, along with four RAF Typhoons. The new Argentinian president, Javier Mili, is tripling his country's defence budget and shopping for F-16 jets, modern warships and subs. The Falklands used to be defended by a major warship with anti-ship and air defence missiles, but today frigates are being scrapped as we cannot staff them. While it is commendable that the Foreign Secretary, Lord David Cameron, is visiting the Falklands, kind words about them staying part of the British family are unlikely to be enough. President Malau will watch with interest what transpires with Guyana, where the Venezuelan armed forces are currently being held at bay, similarly, by our little sister ship HMS Trent, yours etc., John V. Lloyd, by email. Firm action must follow the death of Navalny. Sir, the consequences of Alexei Navalny's death in prison would be devastating for Russia, so said Joe Biden three years ago. While sanctions have since been imposed in response to the invasion of Ukraine, pressure is building to release £300 billion of frozen Russian assets to pay for Ukraine's reconstruction. Navalny's death is another outrage for democracy in Russia, and Putin's administration must suffer. Like many of Putin's victims, Navalny's death made no sense as he no longer posed a threat and was a potential bargaining chip. Putin no doubt enraged from the loss of another warship, while be scathing at the limited advances in Ukraine. He suggested recently that the war could be argued was our mistake and it was us that intensified the situation and decided to put an end to the war that started in Donbass in 2014. This may sound like war weariness, but a Trump electoral victory would ensure a Putin victory in Ukraine, hence why Putin said he would back Biden, strengthening Trump's support. If Biden does not act decisively, Navalny's death will be in vain, Putin will be emboldened and Biden will appear weak, strengthening Trump's presidential bid and weakening NATO. Putin will win in Ukraine and the West will face humiliation. Yours etc. Neil Anderson, by email. NHS disgrace as dentistry goes DIY. Sir. The full extent of the Scottish Government's neglect of the NHS in Scotland has now been laid bare. People suffering from dental problems are being forced abroad to receive treatment or are resorting to DIY techniques to get pain relief, all because insufficient NHS dentists are available. This can only lead to long-term dental problems within the population, a situation which has been highlighted by dentists for years with successive health secretaries doing very little to remedy the situation. The same delay and decay theme can be seen with the postponement of the building of new hospitals, surgeries and other premises, sorely needed but now put in the back burner by the government. It will take years for the IHS to recover from the underinvestment and the incompetent use of resources, if ever, and it will be the patients, not the politicians, who will continue to suffer. Yours etc. Bob McDougall. Address supplied. Dominant. Sir, the other day I watched a party political broadcast by the the Scottish Labour Party. Anis Sarwar appeared, but so did Keir Stammer, who had the dominant role in the film. Why were the leaders of two parties together? Is there some kind of electoral pact for the two Labour parties to work together? Or is it simply the case that Scottish Labour pretends to be a political party, when it is, in fact, no more than a London registered branch of the Labour Party? Yours, etc., E. Campbell, by email. Kirkentillic and, and Briggs Herald, Reader's Charter. This newspaper is built in a tradition of accuracy and fairness, giving you the information you need to understand our world, holding power to account and exposing injustice. Our trusty brand means we are the only place where you can read and participate in honest debates. We are committed to giving a voice to those who struggle to be heard, as well as those whose profession is crafting an argument. Our readers' charter spells out our commitment to you. You can read the charter online at kirkyherald at jnscotland.co.uk
2: The Big Lunch is going green. Communities across the country will join forces once again when the Big Lunch is staged on June 1st and 2nd. And overall organiser Eden Project Communities aim to make it the greatest, the greenest event yet. It's already sharing ideas and inspiration for plant-friendly food to enjoy, upcycled decorations to make, street games to play, and tips for what you can grow on your, or sow in your street. A free range of resources are available now at the Big Lunch website. In 2023, more than 14 million people took part in events all over the country, from street parties to park picnics and garden get togethers to backyard barbecues. Research shows that 65% of those who did so felt less lonely as a result. An incredible 75% of participants said they felt a stronger sense of community spirit, with the same number saying they were more likely to give time to help neighbourhoods or or good causes. Help neighbours or good causes. Since 2015, £87 million has been raised by community organisers at big lunch events for causes that matter to them. Lindsay Brummett, Eden Project Programme Director responsible for The Big Lunch said, since 2010 we've been bringing people together to create happier and healthier communities thanks to national lottery players who raised 30 million pounds each week for good causes right across the UK. The Big Lunch is all about sharing friendship, food and fun and this year we're also sharing top tips to help make 2024 the greenest lunch ever. From the great planet-friendly food to share upcycled decorations to make, street games to play, and tips for what you can grow or sow in your street, there are so many ways to join in, with all the tips and resources you need to get the party started all free at the Big Lunch website. Everyone has something they can bring to the table, so get involved and start sharing ideas with your community. The Big Lunch on June 1st and 2nd will also kick off the month of community, when good causes come together to celebrate their area, encourage action and fundraise. A nationwide act of community friendship, the lunch has been held on the first weekend in June since 2009.
3: A long way off, mission accomplished. The British Dental Association has said there can be no complacency from the Scottish Government on the crisis in NHS dentistry. It follows a debate in the Scottish Parliament on Thursday in which MSPs raised the heartbreaking case of a single mother going without food to pay for care. Others have travelled hundreds of miles for access or embarked on DIY treatments. A BDA survey found that 83% of Scottish dentists who responded had treated patients who had performed some form of DIY dentistry since lockdown. David McCall, the BDA's Scottish Dental Practice Committee chairman said, MSPs and patients across Scotland have sent a clear message. The Scottish Government cannot pretend its mission accomplished on NHS dentistry. Recent reforms may ease problems, but ministers can't afford to take their eyes off the crisis in this service.
5: Hi, good day. It's Philip here reading the district news, and that is all the local church news in the eastern Banffshire area. And first of all, we're going to Kirk and Tillock, and it's the Church of God. On Sunday at Regent Hall, um There will be a friendship tea meeting at 4pm. The programme will feature our praise band, video clips and guest speaker is Ross Osborne. Refreshments will be served after the service and a warm welcome to everyone who's able to join us. Every Wednesday, our coffee corner is open from 12 noon to 2pm for home baking and coffee. Join our friends and neighbours for a chat over a coffee. For up-to-date and further information on our services, visit our website, all the W's, regenthall.org. And they conclude by saying that the Bible says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, Jesus. Amen to that. And then to Colston Well Park Church, and it's open to all. So feel free to join them anytime on a Sunday morning. The service is at 11 a.m. And where a warm welcome is always guaranteed with. And the service will be led by the Reverend Malcolm Curpotson. And you're welcome to join us for tea, coffee and conversation after the service. This Monday, the Art Club continues from 10am to 1pm. And anyone who is enthusiastic about painting, drawing, no matter what, how good or bad they are, pop in. Or give Ramsey a call on 77 584 680 for more information. The Colston Tea Break, our community drop in, continues every Wednesday from 11am till 12.30pm. So pop along and enjoy good food, good chat, and good company. And it's free. The food bank continues its essential work within the community and is open every Friday from 11am to 1pm and from 2pm to 4pm. And to all who assist and continually donate foodstuffs, etc., we give you our sincere thanks. Now to Lenzie and to the Union Church there. Sunday service is at 11 a.m. and will be led by the Reverend Dan Carmichael. Young people are also welcome to Lighthouse and Bible Class. Our live stream of the service is available on YouTube via their website. And the meeting place opens. That's one of the places where you can get tea and coffee for home baking every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon in the new hall. Everyone from the very young to the young at heart is welcome to attend. We also have a good selection of greetings cards and second-hand books for sale. And the Church Youth Cafe is on Thursdays between 3.45 to 5 p.m., a place where young people can hang out, relax and have a good time after a long day at school. Each week there is a free snack. With lots of different things to do, such as games, consoles, table tennis, arts and crafts, board games, and more. The Coffee Pot, another cafe, is open on Fridays between 10am and 12 noon in the new hall for teas, coffee, and chat. The Guild Coffee Morning is on Saturday, March 9th at 10am till 12 noon. Tickets are £3. And Messy Church, an hour of fun, games, and crafts. For the whole family is on Saturday, March the 9th, 4pm to 5pm in the new hall. And then we move back to Bishop Briggs to Muir Parish Church. The Sacrament of Communion will take place during our Sunday morning worship this week. The service will be led uh, by our Assistant Minister, the Reverend Kay Gardner. You're welcome to join us both in the church and on our YouTube channel. The service on YouTube can be watched live as it is streamed or later at a time that suits you. You can find out our channel by simply searching for Ken Muir Bishop Briggs on YouTube. Teas and coffees and a time of fellowship follows the end of the church service. The most up-to-date details of all our groups that are currently running may be found on the What's On section of our website, kenmuir-church.co.uk. To find us on Facebook, just search for Kenmure Parish Church and if you'd like to join our WhatsApp group or receive the Bible studies from ABC then email us at Ken Muir Church at kenmurechurch.com And now, staying in Bishop Briggs we go to Springfield Cambridge Church. Morning worship on Sunday March the 3rd will be conducted by the Reverend Ian Taylor, assisted by Mrs. Julie Harty. In the sanctuary at 11am and again of course tea and coffee will be served in the Cameron Hall. After morning worship come along and enjoy the fellowship. No collection is taken during the service so donations can be made by placing them in the offering plates in the Hall of Fellowship as you enter or leave the building. The Sunday School meets in room 2 where Crest facilities are also available Morning Worship is also being live-streamed on the Springfield Cambridge Church YouTube channel. A link to this can be found on the Springfield Cambridge Church website. All the W's, and Facebook page, where up-to-date information about events and church organisations can be found. There will be a vestry hour this week on Wednesday, eh, February the 28th from 10am to 11am. For anyone who would like to speak with the Minister, there will be a short weekly service of worship in the Springfield Chapel on Wednesday 28th at 11.10 to 11.30, followed by tea and coffee in the Hall of the Fellowship. Materials for the Easter edition of the record should be sent to our magazine editor, editor that is, Marian Ray, by March the 3rd, um, and also at Dash... Magazine at springfieldcambridge.org.uk. Members of the congregation are invited to donate an Easter egg labelled a gift of hope to share the Christian message with individuals in temporary accommodation and hostels to support the work of the Laundering House Mission and that's the Church of Scotland Mission Organisation for the Homeless. These should be left in the Hall of Fellowship on Sundays, March 2nd, 10th and 17th. And now... Uh, back to Kirk and Tillich, St Mary's Parish Church. The service on Sunday, March the 3rd, will begin at 11am and take, and will be taken by the Reverend Ruth Morrison. During the service, communion will take place on Wednesday, February the 28th. Wednesday Welcome continues with tea, coffee, home baking and fellowship available from 10am till 12 noon. This is followed by a short service taken by the Reverend Ruth Morrison's. The Lenten meetings continue uh, they begin at seven p.m. in St David's Memorial Park Church on Wednesday, February twenty-eighth. The craft group meets on Monday, February twenty-sixth. Wow, that's past. They're too late at two p.m. when they continued making crafts for Easter and an overseas charity on Wednesday, March the sixth. We will hold one of our monthly open door events. The church will be open from ten a.m. until three thirty p.m. On this occasion, we are very pleased to be able to welcome Neil Gillis, who is a flautist with the BBC uh, Scottish Sympathy Orchestra, Scottish Ballet and the Scottish Chamber Orchestra. He will play a selection of interesting and well-known pieces of music accompanied on the piano by our organist, David Burns. <sighs> yes, and the music will begin at 12pm. Tea, coffee, biscuits and the usual sandwiches will be available or you're welcome to bring your own lunch. And now to Lindsay. Lindsay Old Parish Church, that is. Sunday worship begins in the church at 11am. A creche is available for children under three. And also the quilt and craft group meet every Wednesday at 10am till noon in the session room. Time out on Monday evenings is a social evening for ladies of all ages at 7.45pm in the church hall. Come and sing is the Dementia Group singing group. Meets on Tuesday, March the 5th at 1pm in the Church Hall. A warm welcome awaits all, and of course a cuppa with some delicious home baking. Please feel free to come and sing. Thursday Afternoon Club is on Thursday, as you thought it would be, March the 14th between 2pm and 4pm. Enjoy tea, coffee and home baking, followed by a game of Scrabble, Domino's, Ruby Cube. Or UNO, if preferred, you can sit back and chat or do your knitting. There are books for sale and any donations go to Women's Aid. Scottish Country Dancing is on every Thursday at 7 15 PM till 9.30 PM. Come along for fun, fitness and friendship. You'll be made most welcome. And a musical event happening in Cairns Church in Mulgae. The open winds, the excellent wind players of Scottish Opera offer us a sumptuous feast of 18th to 21st century sounds and some humour too. Friday, March the 15th, 7.30pm in Cairns Church. Tickets are £15. And you can view that on org. And now we move. well, where are we moving to? Yes, we're going to Kirkendillic and to the church that's called Home Church and that's in Lammamoor Road. Kirk and Tillich and also Home Church have another uh, branch of the church in the East End in Kirmail and online a church for all ages. You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope as it says in Psalm 119. And in March the 3rd services are changing. 9.30 worship service and 11am refreshments and then at 11.30am there's another worship service followed by refreshments. A warm welcome awaits you at either service. Home Church, their branch in Camille, has a service at 10am and 6.30pm. On Tuesdays, they have a a talk session called the Engine Room, and that's at 9.30. Home Groups on Tuesdays, Bible Study on Zoom, Wednesdays, now called the Boiler Room, in the church at 7.15, except the last Wednesday in the month, and on all social media platforms. Craft and Coffee Fridays at 10am. Youth Group meets at 7.30pm. And the prayer meeting is on Wednesday, February 28th at 7.15pm. Home Radio is also available. Check out Home Radio uh, on the website. And if you tune in on Monday, you'll hear my dulcet tones again. And then check them out on Facebook, Instagram and the Home Church website for all the latest information from the church in Kirkintilloch and and in Carmile. And now we move to Torrance, Torrance Parish Church. The morning service in person is at 10.30am, conducted by the Reverend Stuart Irwin. During the service, the youngsters meet together in the creche, junior church and FROG, which I believe FROG is a youth group. I think so, but check it out anyway. To join the service online, click on Church online.church there you go the cafe is open every Wednesday 9am to 12 noon for teas, coffee and delicious home baking why not come and taste for yourself the girls brigade meet on Wednesdays uh, that's P1 to P3 and then it's 6.15 to 7.15 and P4 to P6 or S6 meet at 7pm to 8.15pm and the boys brigade meet on Thursday Seven to nine. That's the company section only. And to find out about regular weekly activities, check out their website for the what's on at w t p c And now we move slightly out to Milton of cansey Parish Church, which is a great church, I can tell you. Cathy Connect is on Tuesday morning at nine thirty a m. and at seven p m. We meet for a time to pray in the Eric Liddell Room. Come when you can. Leave. When you must, the fellowship has an open night at 7:30 p.m. on the subjects of books. The World Day of Prayer service is on Friday at 7:30 p.m. in our building. Please join us. No BB will meet for worship this Sunday, um, March the third at 11 a.m. We'll celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. All the children's and youth groups meet as normal. Now, well into Lent, we'll focus on Jesus' trial. Please send us a photograph of yourself washing your hands in a basin. And now we're moving back to Bishop Riggs, to Calder Parish Church, beside the canal. For full details, please see our website, all the W's, calderchurch.org. We look forward to welcoming you this coming Sunday in our morning service. And the service will be led by the Reverend John McGregor and Chris Gordon, a probationer minister, and our music is led by Javier Jose Jujindo. I think he's Spanish, yes. And all are welcome. The services are recorded and are available from the church website. Tea and coffee served after the service. Food bank: if you wish to donate to the f- local food bank, you can bring your donations of food to the church or the coffee shop. Early fellowship meets in person in the South Hall Chapel at 9:30 a.m. on Tuesday and Thursday. And also on Zoom. At Corder Length Journey they have a reflection on Wednesdays 11am up to Holy Week in the South Hall Chapel and the Corder Coffee Shop Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 10am to 2pm and Friday 10am to 12 noon. A warm welcome awaits you. Corder Messy Play as it's called. It meets on Tuesday and Thursday in the South Hall 10am or 10.30am to 11.30am. Guild fundraiser for our project is the Taylor Fashions and is on Thursday, February the 29th. Tickets now on sale. The Guild are hosts for the Bishop Briggs World Day of Prayer Meeting which is in the South Halls on Friday, March the 1st at 10.30am. The Guild AGM, Thursday, March the 7th. And the Climate Change Conference meets on Saturday, March the 9th at 10am to 1pm in the Corder Church South Halls. And Corder Holy Week service begins on Monday, March the 25th, 7pm in the Corda sanctuary. Uh, the 92nd Glasgow Company of the Girls Brigade meet on Tuesdays. Explorers P1 to P3 at 6.15. Juniors P4 meet at 6.30. And the Brigadiers S1 to 6 meet at 7.30pm. And then two hundred and twelve Boys Brigade. Anchor Boys P1 to 3 meet on Monday at 6pm, the Junior section. P4 to 6 meet on Monday at 7.15pm and the company's senior section meet at P7 to S6 are on Friday 7pm to 9. And TIFF, which I believe means taking it further, meets at 12.45pm in the Eric Liddell, our charity of the month. is SU holidays, camps, baby clothes and hobby groups and badminton meet on Monday. So there you have it. That's the church news for this week and it's in our Kirkie Herald newspaper which is today which is the 27th of February. So after you've read those why not pop along to your local church or pop online to another church. May I wish you God bless.
1: Wednesday the 28th of February District News General Milguy Music Club Opera Winds, the excellent wind players of Scottish Opera, offer us a sumptuous feast of eighteenth to twenty-first century sounds and some humour too. Friday, March fifteenth, seven thirty p.m. in Cairns Church. Tickets fifteen pounds from www.milngaviemusic.org. That's www.milngaviemusic.org. Westminster View The People Deserve Better Than Rishi by Amy Callaghan, MP After 14 years of Tory rule at Westminster, what have we got to show for it? We've un- underfunded public services and we've been left with a Prime Minister who is out of touch and knows that he is fast running out of time. We've seen the Prime Minister taking bets with journalists on whether or not he will be able to send some of the most vulnerable people on these aisles to Rwanda And, most shamefully of all, we've seen the Prime Minister cracking jokes about trans people in front of Brianna Gay's mother. What's most depressing is the fact that there doesn't seem to be any real alternative to the current government. Once again, we've seen yet more U-turns from the so-called leader of the opposition, Sir Keir Starmer. A Prime Minister in waiting who will say anything to get into power, anything except commit to his own key pledges. Is it any wonder people up and down the length and breadth of these isles are feeling disenfranchised with politics? We've been forced to suffer through Tory PM after Tory PM and now we have been left with a billionaire who cannot seem to see see that his time is up. The reality is that Rishi Sunak does not have a clue. But can anyone blame him for not having a clue? This is a man so detached detached from the the rest of us. When we were trying to work our way through this Tory-made cost of living crisis, he... The very man that was supposed to lead us through it was doing so while looking down on us from his private jet. However, the unfortunate fact is that the alternative to him isn't much of an upgrade, is it? We have Sir Keir Starmer, a man who is so afraid of being attacked by the Tories that he has dropped every single meaningful policy that distinguishes him from them. Recently, he's performed yet another flip-flop and dropped Labour's flagship environmental policy just because the Tories put pressure on him. When it comes to standing up for those who can't stand up for themselves, even the Labour Party seems to be sticking by the Tories and shamefully voting against the SNP's measure to, send immediate, to see an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. What people deserve are politicians who are going to put their constituents first and who are willing to fight for the change that they so desperately needed instead of sticking by the same old broken Westminster system. And that was the Westminster View by Amy
4: Callahan MP. Happy Harry Needs a New Home Meet Harry, a delightful 10-year-old Staffordshire Bull Terrier who radiates happiness and love. This sweet boy is on the lookout for a calm new home where he can enjoy his golden years in peace. With a penchant for cuddles, Harry is sure to melt your heart. In his golden years, Harry longs for a tranquil home environment with children aged 14 and above. Harry is uncomfortable around other dogs and is looking to be the only pet. His, ego- his easygoing nature makes him adaptable to various situations. If you are seeking a loyal and affectionate companion, Harry is the perfect match for you. Call 01506 873 four five nine. You can also follow us on Twitter at DT West Calder and Instagram at dogstrust.wescalder Calling all Young Robotic Talent Have you got what it takes to compete in the World Skills UK Industrial Robotics Competition 2024? If you're age sixteen or above, have a passion for robotics and want to showcase your skills, then automation experts FANUC UK would love to hear from you. The brightest young minds in Scotland are being invited to take part in the World Skills UK Industrial Robotics Competition. Scottish apprentices and students will have the chance to learn key robotics programming and operating skills with the help from FANUC experts and even represents Squad UK at the international finals in China. Entry is open at org forward slash competitions until March 29.
1: Environment. Going green with Angela Terry. Green campaigner and consumer expert Angela Terry separates climate change facts from fiction explaining how you can take simple, practical steps to help save the planet. Follow at sign our one home and visit onehome.org.uk for more advice, emailing all your weather, environmental and sustainability questions to ask Angela at sign onehome.org.uk Get rewarded for not doing your washing. My friend says she's earning money from not using her washing machine sometimes. Is this true and how do I join in? Yes, that is true. Energy companies are increasingly paying customers like you and me actual money into our accounts simply for not turning appliances on at home during certain times of the day. The initiative, called Demand Flexibility, incentivizes switching electricity used to off-peak times of the day to earn your money. Peak times consist of late afternoon to early evening. It's when the national grid is closest to its capacity and the time when they have to fire up the expensive and polluting electricity generators that cause the most environmental damage to keep supplying up with the band. It's in essence the time of day we all get home, switch on the telly and the kettle and maybe the oven to start the kids tea while getting the day's washing on. Demand rockets because we're all at home needing electricity for a multitude of things at roughly the same time. The idea is, instead of paying power stations to meet high demand, the energy suppliers pay us some of that money instead to delay when we switch non-essential things on at home. It's worth mentioning, though, it's only a few times a month this happens and normally only in the winter. The good news is, research from the Centre for Sustainable Energy, CSE, suggests, We could all make some much needed money in this cost of living crisis if we make some simple changes like switching the time of day we use our washing machines, or charge our electric vehicles, or use our tumble dryers. CSE is a charity and they've calculated that homes can be earning as much as £5 per hour, known as an episode in the scheme, for reducing their energy use at peak time. You may remember the National Grid always used to advertise the many millions of kettles being turned on around the country during the advert breaks in Coronation Street's Christmas special or at the end of a real cliffhanger episode of Extenders. National Grid's forecast the demand will be very high and then put out requests to help balance the grid by reducing customer demand. Researchers at CSE have also worked out the homes that can make the most from a DFS scheme are homes with electric heating, Homes with at least one adult and two or more children, with gas heating in homes with an electric vehicle, EV, that they charge up in peak times. Rewards are calculated by your energy provider based upon how much energy you typically use during peak hours. This is recorded as a baseline. The more you can reduce your electricity use during peak hours, the more you'll earn. It's as simple as that and the top earning appliances to switch time of use are... Electric car chargers, electric showers, electric hobs, dishwashers and tumble dryers. You can find it if you can join in by contacting your energy supplier. Celebrity spot. Dublin comedian De- Deanne O'Connor has a show about being a climate change protester called The Accidental Activist. The stand-up artist says, I had really bad climate anxiety about five years ago. That's how I came to write this show, having these conversations helps. It's an antidote for me, using the energy I would have put into anxiety, and poking it into trying to find solutions and be around people who are trying to build resilient communities. Green swap. Swap asparagus for broccoli. Not only is asparagus more expensive to buy, it uses 258 gallons of water per pound, whereas broccoli only uses 34. It's just as healthy but cheaper and better for the planet too, so it's a win all round. Fact or fiction, 60% of people are either satisfied or very satisfied with their heat pump. Fiction, 80% of people are either satisfied or very satisfied with their heat pump, which is a higher satisfaction rating than for gas boilers. We can learn from countries reducing pollution. The Northern Europeans are often cited as being ahead of the curve when it comes to green energy. The Norwegians are leading the charge on electric vehicles. In 2022, 88% of vehicles sold were EVs. They have a great renewable energy record and the Norwegian government have pledged up to 3 billion Norwegian krona, over £227 million, per year to help save tropical forests around the world so they're outward looking to the rest of the world as well as inward looking towards their citizens. Austria is another great example, Vienna has pledged to become carbon neutral by 2040, a huge undertaking and Austria's cities use public transport more than than a lot of other countries. Over 663 million journeys happen annually in Vienna compared to 562 million in London. Finland, Iceland, Sweden and Costa Rica are all other countries cited as having great green credentials, investing in renewable energy driving their citizens onto public transport, and they all have incredible restaurant scenes that champion low produce and low food miles. But all isn't as it seems sometimes when it comes to Northern Europe. We know a lot of the countries in the region have access to the North Sea, which is rich in oil, and unfortunately Norway, for all the good it does in investing in green tech startups, is a world leader in petroleum and natural gas exports. The Norwegian government have said the country will continue to extract oil and gas until 2050 and beyond, which is incompatible with keeping global warming at safe levels. Costa Rica, however, is one of the greenest countries in the world and is one of the first tropical countries to all but end deforestation, not only protecting its jungles but its wildlife too, which is a huge step forward and a great example to set to South America and the rest of the world. Costa Rica's ocean territory is 10 times larger than its continental area, and it's focusing on sustainable management of its marine resources too. While it's easy to fall for the headlines when it comes to countries that shout a lot about their green credentials, it's always worth looking behind the headlines to see what their oil and gas background is, because quite often the good that countries do is counterbalanced by investment in old technology or resources that existent that harm the planet. Many countries are keen to win the prize of securing investment into new growing industries such as wind farms and electric vehicle manufacturing. However, those who are leading the world are those who walk the talk. We can learn a lot from those countries who are leaping ahead in citizen engagement and reducing pollution. And that was Going Green with Angela Tenney.
6: It's time for City to go to work an article written by Brian Yule and read by me, Corey. Glasgow City head coach Leanne Ross is hoping all her players return fit and healthy from the international break as they get ready for the business end of season. The current champions sit four points off the top of the SWPL1 table as they seek to retain their title with 11 matches left to play. City return to action on Sunday as Aberdeen are the visitors in the final game before the split. Several members of the squad have travelled to Spain with Scotland including Lee Gibson, Haley Lauder, Fiona Brown and Lauren Davidson to play in the Pinotar Cup. Meanwhile, Lisa Forrest and Rachel Murchie were with the Scotland under-19s as they beat Wales 5-1 with Forrest getting on the score sheet. Ross promised those staying at home would still be working hard. She told the club's media team, The players who go away, obviously they've got jobs to do, for their respective countries. I just hope they go away, have a good camp and come back fit and healthy. The players that are staying behind will be working hard as well, because we've still got a lot of important games to come. It is a good opportunity for us to do some work on the training pitch while their international break is on. The post-split campaign will see City play the other five teams in the top six, home and away, kicking off with a trip to Hearts on March 17th. The first home game after the split will be on March 31st, when Celtic are the visitors. April will see city travel to Rangers and Hibernian, either side of a home Petershill Park derby with Partick Thistle. The final month of the season begins with trip to Celtic before home games against Hibernian and Rangers. The last away trip for the season will be another derby against Thistle and City will finish at home to Hearts on May 19th. For full details, visit www.glasgocityfc.co.uk forward slash pages forward slash fixtures. That article was written by Brian Yule and read by me, Corrie. Harris was in top form as he crossed the pond. This article was written by Phil Lanning and read by me, Corey. Glasgow Tigers captain Chris Harris was in top form as the rest of the world took on America at the Kern Raceway in California. The 41-year-old was in typical battling form as he outscored the rest of the competitors with 18 points but couldn't prevent the hosts winning the Test match 61-52. Harris was unbeaten after the engine failure as he led the opening race, while his new Glasgow teammate Leon Flint contributed 7 points. Ex-Tiger Tom Brennan was in excellent form with a haul of 17 points, while Edinburgh Monarchs rider Paco Castagna picked up 6 Tiger's boss, Cammy Brown, was delighted to see his inspirational skipper in typical form. He said, no matter where Chris races, he gives it everything. He is always such a fantastic value for money. I thought he was sensational. He hadn't raced at Cairn before, yet led the rest of the world in such a fantastic way. There is no doubt in my mind that Chris won us a league title... Because of his leadership last season, we will want much of the same from him in 2024. It was also good to see Leon also in typical battling form. He's another proper fighter and we want to help him go to a new level of quality this season. Leon is one of the hottest prospects in the world speedway and I believe he can be a massive star in the championship. USA brackets 61, Max Rimmel 13, Luke Becca 12, Gino Manzares 9, Brock Nickel 7, Billy Gennaro 7, Dylan Rummel 7, Alex Martin 3, Slater Lightcup 3, Rest of the World 52, Chris Harris 18, Tom Brenn, 17. Leon Flynn, 7. Paco Castagna, 6. Powell Trezesnewski, 3. Austin Novratil 1. Wilbur Hancock, 0. Russell Green, 0. As well as helping Tigers defend their championship title, Harris will also be riding for the newly formed. Oxford Spires in the Premiership two years after Speedway return to the city was completed following a 15-year absence. Such has been the fast growth, Oxford now becomes the first club in history to operate teams at all levels of the sports pyramid in the same year. In addition to Spires at the top level, Oxford Cheetahs will race against Harris in the Championship while Oxford Chargers have been confirmed in the National League. That article was written by Phil Lanning and read by me, Corey. Rob Roy knocked out of one cup, but still alive in another. This article is unattributed, but it's being read by me, Corey. Karkintolk Rob Roy were knocked out of the WOS Cup in the fourth round as they lost 3-0 at home to Auchinleck Talbot. Rob Roy are still involved in this season's South Regional Challenge Cup though, and will be looking to book their place in the semi-finals on Saturday when they travel to Troon. The club is hosting a Sunday fun day in the Kirkentillock Rangers Club this weekend from 2-6pm. The speakers will be Livingston boss David Martindale and footballer turned journalist Gordon Parks. In addition, top cabaret act Heart and Soul will be performing plus a buffet, raffle and auction. Tickets costing £10 are available from Kenny Farmer on 07824 663 Petershill's lead at the top of the WOS Premier Division was cut to three points after suffering a shock 2-1 defeat away to second bottom Whitlitz victoria Ashfield suffered defeat in the league for the first time since September as they lost 1-0 at home to St. Rocks. Peters Hill will be at home to Mabel Juniors in the league on Saturday while Ashfield will host Lowland League leaders, East Kilbride, in the quarterfinals of the South Regional Challenge Cup. Caledonian Locomotive hosted Glasgow Persher in the 2nd Division as they cancelled each other out in a 1-1 draw. This saw Cali slip to third in the table while Shire moved two points closer to the relegation zone with fourth Wanderers winning. Shire are at home to Bonneton-Fissile on Saturday while Cali have no game. West Park United picked up a credible 2-2 draw away to Finnart in the third division which cost the home side their place at the top. United face another of the promotion chasing sides on Saturday as Irvine Victoria come calling. Rossville moved into the promotion places with a 7-2 thumping of Campbelltown pupils at home. They have no game this week, but when they return on March 9th, it will be to host Gifnick, whom they just ejected from the top three. SWF Championship leaders Rossville continued their dominant form with a 5-1 home victory over Morton. They sit 11 points clear as they get set to travel to 2nd place Air United in 2 weeks. That article was unattributed but it was read by me, Corey.
0: That concludes this week's edition of the Captain Hill Carol podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our channels at tune Review
2: and to tell your friends about our service.